0: Let's have a party,
1: Albany. Let's have a big bash, Albany. Let's celebrate now, Albany. Another scandal, Albany. That's what your boat is gonna Eight Anytime you ain't seen nothing test. This is What's Left in Albany, getting right into it with my guest, Canyon Ryan. This is What's Left in Albany. This program covers the built environment, politics, and people of Albany, as well as the surrounding tri-city area and region, featuring discussions with the underliners of community projects or organizations to discuss themselves and what they're doing. I also discuss local news and issues in an effort to get the full picture of what's going on. I'm Dan Platt, your friendly neighborhood eco-socialist, opposing our neoliberal present and potential fascist futures, but promoting a build-out of a commons economy and a delegated democracy, waging a clandestine insurgency against confusion and ignorance as we cannot hope to change our conditions until we understand them. Whatever the outrages or joys we have for our city, we are going to find whatever's left. And speaking of that, I have in the studio with me Kenyon Ryan of, let's see if I can get it right, United Tenants United of Albany. Uh united tenants of albany did i get it right or you threw another united in there oh yes okay the super united yeah okay so you are the executive director of that organization uh why don't you give a short intro of yourself and the organization sure um
2: my name's canyon ryan i've been the executive director since june 2022 um united tenants of albany provides rental assistance for tenants uh, with you know rental arrears, also uh, does relocation assistance for tenants that are trying to find new housing and uh, access quality homes. We also do some tenant organizing and um, tenant advocacy. We field a housing hotline that receives you know more than 5,000 calls a year from across the capital region, across the state actually, but mostly through Albany and Troy. And we also do some court advocacy, so assisting tenants in court where the representation rate for tenants in eviction proceedings is quite low. We have a non-legal social worker who goes in and kind of guides tenants through the process, lets them know what their rights are and what possible defenses they could use to secure long-term housing or even prevent the eviction proceeding
1: entirely. Uh, Let's start high level and work our way down. How would you describe the situation of housing in Albany? It's not great. (laughs) What makes it not great? Um. It's quite expensive. Albany is
2: a quite – we have double the national poverty rate in the city of Albany. So housing is really expensive and wages are really low. Um, there's not a lot of tax revenue coming to the city to do more mm. innovative things. Scarce affordable housing and the affordable housing that we do have uh, happens to be the highest of victors in the city of Albany generally. We're going through pretty rapid gentrification of what was once low-income Rental properties, complexes like Bleecker Terrace, um, what was the Hinkle Brewery, which was a, a larger building that was bought by Albany Management Group. Um, so we're losing what affordable housing we have. The affordable housing that's being developed is what's kicking most of the people out of their housing. And the shelters are fine, um, if you don't mind you know, living with bed bugs. And just on top of all of that, there's not a lot of actualization of the rights that we do have that comes from the state, but also even in the city. Kobe Tenants' Ford. rights, you mean. Right, right. Tenants' rights. Um and then, even with code enforcement, when they do cite something, there was an article in the Times Union not too long ago that demonstrated it's almost about a year for those cases to actually make their way through court. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, a landlord will just pay some kind of fee yeah. and
1: and not resolve the issue.
2: In the and tenants. all the while, the house
1: deteriorates further.
2: Right. And then the tenant, you know, the eviction proceeding will take less than a month.
1: What are the main political, not just political, but like what are the major actors? in these processes like so you mentioned you know gentrification are there a particular few developers is it spaced out over many smaller real estate actors and companies like what's what does that look like what is the map
2: i think it depends where you know in, in the pine hills area i would say it's more like a student or like a gentrification that's mm-hmm. student oriented so the prices go high, but the quality remains low because landlords aren't investing in the properties. Mm-hmm. The tenants don't necessarily consider it their home; they consider it like a party house, so they don't take care of the neighborhood, and that just festers all kinds of like social ills that you wouldn't want if you were to buy a home there or if you're a long-term tenant there. And then there's you know the like more proper gentrification that's taking place in the South End, um, where you know Albany Management Group is a big actor. They come in, they'll buy a property. They'll really invest in it and make it look really pretty. But everybody that was living there on $800 a month rent, their rent goes up 115% is what I've seen, at least at the Hinkle Brewery. And then at Capital Crossings, what will happen is what was Bleeker Terrace and a, a Hodeg, which is just like this HUD subsidy, it was low income. Mm-hmm. And Capital Crossings is now the owner through Opus Management. They went in and bought the property and didn't even substantially rehab it, but were already increasing rent. So tenants aren't seeing the fruits of the rent increase. You know, they're not getting, like, different amenities. They're actually losing things like the ability to grill um, or public
1: spaces. Uh,
2: so I guess it really just depends What does depends it mean
1: where. to lose the ability to grill? Like, they just changed the rules to say this outdoor area can't be used for any kind of outdoor grilling? Yeah, and they stole their grills. They steal them.
2: They stole, Well, that's what happened. Yeah,
1: they stole they all the out. grills
2: from the tenants. And then said, You're not allowed to grill here anymore. We told you that. And then when the tenants were so when grilling, they left
1: them out. They put them in a dumpster. Or yeah. And, or
2: they cut the chains on them and just stole them. Yeah. Mm. It was weird. And the tenants were really upset about it.
1: Obviously. The, I'm going to jump around, but like, because uh, I recently hear this kind of over and over my whole life that there needs to be a, like, you can't just have consolidated poverty, like, whether it's public housing or just any kind of rental properties, that it needs to be mixed income. What is your reaction usually when you hear that that need that uh, expressed? I think it's fine. I think it makes sense that you wouldn't
2: have a concentration of poverty and you wouldn't have a concentration of wealth. Um, how it's actualized is probably the biggest question that I have, mm-hmm. um, because more often than not. Prices go up too high that low income folks can't continue to live there. And so it does still permeate this issue of concentrated poverty because you just kick out the folks that were really low income and now you just have low income, which is, you know, considerably high. I, I qualify as low income on my salary.
1: I hear you. Why don't you run through uh, some of your current projects at United Tenants? Because actually, this got cut previously, why don't you run through the last year's organizing runs, uh, the number of tenant associations that have been formed. Uh, Why don't you give us a tour of that? Sure. We've had four tenant associations. One was the Bleecker Terrace Tenant
2: Association. Those tenants utilize good cause eviction as their basis for organizing. Hmm. A lot of them are on month-to-month leases, which renders them essentially defenseless to a landlord who could just say, I'm going to increase around $150 a month. So, you know, beyond three three months' notice, tenants had no right to defend themselves. Good cause, ev- good cause eviction gave tenants the right to say why, if you can demonstrate why you're defend increasing themselves
1: it from, from the what?
2: rent increase. So they could okay. say, "You're going to increase $150. I want to know why you're increasing it $150." And if the landlord could say. Well, I put in new utilities. Mm-hmm. I'm now plowing the driveway. Yeah. Uh, I had to hire somebody new to cut the lawn. Then the landlord could increase the rent, $150. But if the landlord couldn't provide a reason, mm-hmm. then they couldn't increase it beyond 5%. Good cause eviction also gave tenants the
1: protections of a lease without having one. And that was what we passed or won uh, in the last year? When was, when was that done? Good um, cause eviction in all of me.
2: We won it in 2021. We lost it in 2022. By then, court battle. Yep. And then it was finalized in 2023, we thought, through the 3rd Judicial Appellate Division, which set, which found merit to the claim by the landlords that this, this protection was preempted, meaning that state law dictated the grounds for an eviction and the city of Albany was not allowed to change those grounds through good cause eviction. Last week, though, the Court of Appeals...
1: Mm-hmm. Is agreed to hear the case again, so that's the highest court in the state. What's the point of having a local government if we can't have any of our own ranks?
2: Right, and and, like, and local governments can
1: make it easier to evict. Yeah. They just can't make it harder. Isn't that always the way? Uh, or rather, that is a stru- that's a structural problem with all of our laws, right? That uh, What would you say, would that be solved um, on the Constitutional Convention level? Like, we need to go to that platform... Or is that something that can be done legislatively to fix? Meaning, like, could a campaign be mounted for more local control? Yeah, that would have to be... It seems like there's always a call for this from probably both partisan extremes. And that's usually kind of why it's opposed by progressives. It's like, well, we don't want the right-wingers doing crazy stuff out in the boonies, even though we could be doing, you know... Well, again, they don't want socialist things happening in the cities either. I mean, I'm talking about a large moderate middle that make up the political voter blocks. What are the usual obstacles um, to pursuing tenants' rights and the good? Well, so why don't you describe again the um, that we do have good cause in effect now in Albany because of the repeal court? Well, we don't have it in effect, but the case is being heard again,
2: mm-hmm. which would render the issue of if the city is allowed to pass something like good cause mm-hmm. valid, if it's found in favor or... You know, demonstrate that the state that the, that the eviction law was indeed preempted by state law, which would then put the impetus back on the state to pass something like good cause eviction, um, which didn't happen in 2023, which we thought it would. And it failed because our assemblywoman in the city of Albany doesn't support it. But it's not just her. John mm-hmm. McDonald doesn't support it. Phil Steck does, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of Capital Region members don't. That's
1: for statewide uh, good, yeah. good cause.
2: Or even a statewide. Right to opt-in, which was something that we were even willing to accept.
1: So, but we do have somehow, they wouldn't pass that, but they did pass the con- rent control opt-in?
2: Yeah. In 2019, through the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act, one big change of like nine was that upstate cities were allowed to opt-in to the Emergency Tenant Protection Act of 1974, which
1: would be- Allowed rent control downstate. Right. So why why do you think the Assembly or and Senate, both the whole government, right, because they did pass it, how why is it they went for that but not for good cause eviction, which just provided the tenant protections that seems like the same amount of values or threat to small-time landlords, that would be the usual reason for opposing it? Why do you think they went for one, not the other, or both? Well, one reason I think is that
2: even though a city can opt into the emergency tenant protection Act, rent oh. stabilization, we can just call it from now on. Um, they have to demonstrate the need through a vacancy study, which is um, where we're stuck right now. And that's well, we're in the process. Yeah, we're we're the closest we've been to not being stuck. Also, ETPA rent stabilization only impacts homes built before 1974 with more than six units. That is a. I mean, it's like a sizable quarter about of the housing stock in Albany, but in Buffalo, it's less than fifteen percent. In Rochester, it's about oh, I twenty. percent
1: rent control. Well, sorry, rent control. What is right? It is. It, it's more of a fig leaf because it only affects a small amount. Right. And good cause would affect all tenants. Right. And you have to. It's not just a political issue.
2: So even even where the city is now, even if the vacancy study comes back below five percent, the mm-hmm. Albany Common Council will then have to say, we want to opt in. We, we declare a housing emergency. So the first step is... And that's based on lack of vacancy. Uh, yeah, right, right. okay. Ineligible properties. Okay. Which is good. How is that defined? Um, It has to be a livable property. It has to be built before 1974 with six or more units, and it has to have not been substantially rehabbed since 1974. Um, Modernized, sure. Yep. Any subsidies, any student dorms wouldn't qualify. If St. Rose does liquidate all of their properties and they stay as is, Many of them would become ETPA eligible, but I doubt many investors would not invest in the new properties. Because they might be rent controlled right. in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they just might not be suitable for the kind of tenants that they're looking for. Mm.
1: Um, which would be more college students, I assume, or... Yeah. Mm. yeah. So why don't you go into the uh, battle or the struggle for the vacancy study and the process for getting to rent, uh, at least this this base level of rent control and Albany.
2: Yeah. So in the past, the city had passed a resolution in 2019 calling on the mayor to conduct the vacancy study in 2020. The, they were going to do it externally, which means hiring a consultant. They allocated 65 or 60, I think $65,000. And the only bid that they received in 2020 was from an external consultant that said, we're willing to do it for like a hundred thousand. So the city said, okay, we're not going to do that. That's almost twice what we're offering. So they, Then sat back, reconsidered, did another budget allocation in 2020 for the fiscal year 21, released another RFP. Nobody bit. Of course, this is all going on within the pandemic. And They're not
1: going to the office, so they can't do a study.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, it's so complicated and whatever, whatever. And then nothing happened since. Uh, And so recently, the Common Council was considering an anti-panhandling resolution, and we were able to take advantage of that. Uh, regressive decision, and say, "Hey, why don't you guys do something proactive? Why don't we get back into the conversation about a meaningful resolution?" Because they kept saying it's just a resolution. Mm-hmm. There's nothing binding here. And
1: we said, "If it's just a resolution, let's pass a just resolution. Let's pass a just resolution." We've already passed the I, one. On that subject, I was—I think I was looking at some older, like when I was council watching, and it seemed like the, it's brought up every few years. Yeah, the uh, the homeless problem or or, or the. Uh, the passerby abuse problem, or whatever you want to frame it as, uh, but basically the you know the poor bashing. But I'm oh, sorry, go on. You know, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's
2: this like cyclical, constant issue um, that doesn't go away because there's nowhere to go. Right. And there's
1: no obvious solution to uh, you know. What are you going to house them? Uh, or or just the separate separate. It's not a housing issue per se, but public uh, amenities. The the bath just bathrooms. There's kind of two major options, which is City of Albany builds small bathrooms that are put in public, like, you know, in the main pocket parks or whatever at the ends of Lark Street or around downtown. Uh, But that's public spending on public uh, amenities. Can't do that. But there is also maybe the Paris approach, which is you mandate that private businesses must have their uh, bathrooms open to the public, regardless of whether they're a customer, for the uh, for a tax bait, break or rebate for the damages or the costs of having your bathroom open to the public, because that's usually the you know it's like this is going to, this is going to cause damage you to you know, people to do st- stuff in there, uh, and it's for the same reason actually that it's a liability that even the city doesn't want to have public bathrooms, and or doesn't reconstruct or reopen ones when they're trashed or and one shared in Hollow, which was not a Available or accessible bathroom, it got the wiring cut out of it, so it's like, what's the point? When was that five or six years ago? And I think the parks department said we'll need 10 grand to basically like bring it back, but you, the neighborhood, have to fundraise it. That seemed to be the feeling I got in that meeting because, like, where's this 10,000 gonna come from? It's not gonna come from the city. At least the conversation maybe shifted to like, well, how could we raise those funds? It's like we needed like a a community-owned bathroom that the city lets us build on it in the same way that we, I think they got a grant for, and we're not the only people doing this, but at least we're putting in like the little info kiosk that can be put up that only cost a grand or less, and maybe a bench will be connected so it's an actual seating place. But it's usually like a small map of the neighborhood so people can wayfind so so how how to conclude with the the budget was passed this year uh, just in the last two weeks you had uh, the conversation about panhandling and basically lack of housing and justice um, though I mean some of the people they do have places to stay that they, they do have homes or you know it's 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 more that they just don't have a good income or that they are on a basic income, but it's so meager. That if they're going to have the cigarettes they're addicted to, and I don't see any, you know, nicotine addiction uh, program from the joint, though, again, they don't need to. But uh, you know, that's why they pay. That's why a lot of them do it. You know, even if they're not totally shabby. But if they are, people really aren't giving them anything because um, they smell. Or again, we don't have public facilities. You know, so where are they gonna bathe? The lake? You know, the waiting pools? <laughs> uh, anyway. I mean, there's not even public water fountains most places. It's like you can't even get a drink. You have to pay for it. You have to be a customer. So, and that's the wheels of commerce. Because otherwise, how are we gonna have tax money to collect? So, I, I, obviously, there's like this terrible cycle of like, well, where's the money coming from? How's we need commerce to happen if anything's gonna happen at all? That means capital investment. But go on about like how how is it done in the deal with this dealt within the council to and suck those gears.
2: Yeah, so I would say they're really receptive. Got the vacancy study. Yeah, they they really hated the appearance of punching down, mm-hmm. which was exactly how we pitched it because that's how we considered it. The, the the resolution said don't give money to people, tell them to, you know, yeah. go to DSS and get dissuade give- uh, yeah. yeah, which is just so undignified. Um and so yeah, exactly. So so we capitalized off of the the nonsense that was going on. Uh, and we're able to pivot the Common Council to a more progressive and proactive action, which would be, you know, conduct this vacancy study. You guys keep saying that you're going to do it. Everybody appears so interested. We all know it was that dropped the rent's two high. years
1: ago, or uh, year and, and a half,
2: 2019, yeah. right? Um, that's almost four years. Hmm. Um, and so where where they left off was they allocated seventy five thousand dollars to the Department of Neighborhood and Community Services to conduct the study. So already we're ideally. Going around the issue of an external consultant saying, "Here's a bid that's a little bit more pricey." Oh,
1: so, so I was, I was, I attended this meeting with you. It sounded like they didn't want it to be in house because the mayor could, you know, yeah. monkey wrench it.
2: You're right, and so, but, but
1: so wasn't it still like, oh, it needs to be private, but we're going to put a hair trigger
2: on it? Yes, exactly. And okay. that was, I think, the most sophisticated thing that they could do to get around the mayor was to say, "We're going to give this money to this department to conduct the study." If they don't say by February 1st that they can conduct it, we'll pivot to releasing an RFP again again, and ideally finding somebody who's willing to do it for 75000 What I'm a little concerned about, though, is that the budget resolution that's supposed to have that February 1st date in there doesn't have it. Instead, it says we understand that there are circumstances in which the city may need to outsource some of the study. So I'm a little concerned there, but my expectation is that the Department of Neighborhood and Community Services—any uh, wiggle
1: room usually bad sign. Well, yes, or, yeah. or, or flag. Yeah. Hmm. But
2: she, Fay Andrews, who I, I respect hmm. a lot, I, and she has this new giant—that's the director
1: of the department, right? Which neighborhood includes, services it's
2: called includes codes, planning, the neighborhood specialists, and the yeah. Albany Community Development Agency.
1: They and have enough and resources. And they do tenant education webinars, I actually looked it up yeah. to see what their coursework looked like. And it was a mix of like also tenant's rights, but also your responsibilities, not to be confused with the good landlord school that the Affordable Housing Partnership does or someone else Right, does. yeah. I think that's a, that's a great distinction. Right. Though it, it bothered me, though I didn't obviously make a stink publicly because it was just like it was somebody in the public realm saying, like, we need a big... Expansive conversation between tenants and landlords to find common ground, or it's like I'm sick of everyone blaming each other. This is obviously not peacemaking, and we're not building community. And she seems, you know, like many, ignoring the antagonistic relationship that's in the structure of renter and rentee. But if you see it as just individuals doing business and everyone's fair, it's all fair, even though one person has how. Some need housing, others have housing, and a surplus of it, of course, because they invested. We gotta what, get what, what's your reaction the, we to gotta that? We've got to
2: get all the bosses and all the employees in get, the same room, and we'll figure it out. Yes.
1: They yeah. just need to talk to each other, yeah. of course. Why don't you go back to... So, okay, so we have the teed up for the vacancy study, so we're just kind of waiting on that. And and you kind of said, uh, or was, but the thought occurred to me that the the fact that the city was actually had a department that does tenant organize, uh, not tenant organize, but tenant education of the you know, rights education. And that's something that Tenants United would do. And is, is that something that's now off your plate or it's something you still do, but maybe it's not uh, a super, it's not a priority because it, you don't need to be redundant with something the city does.
2: Yeah. I mean, we still get a lot of calls with yeah. these kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. But what it does do is gives tenants a diversity of options to bring these questions, mm-hmm. which really benefits us because being the only game in town and being an under-resourced and small not-for-profit, it in turn gives us a bad reputation because we can't respond to the amount of calls that we're getting because of the amount of work that it is mm-hmm. and having a small staff. So even having you know, two more people doing tenant education stuff or being able to pick up a phone and answer somebody's question about, is my landlord allowed to do this, immensely helps us. And therefore immensely helps the tenants of Albany
1: that reminds me of legal aid because anyone with an income less than fifty grand will have some kind of problem that requires legal advice at the very least, but legal aid is made up, yes, you know they require to do pro bono work, but that's only so many hours, and I don't think they they, they could ever meet the need there needs to be public lawyers you know on call or something like that, or it, the great policy you know that I'd like to try out is. Well, it's a restorative justice process, but on, on in civil court context, not just criminal, um so that people have a place to go to work out problems that don't involve criminal courts or you know state power almost, but I mean it would still be state power it would be with the city a city endorsed and funded process to provide facilitation and you know defense you know lawyers and so on to consult when it involves the law and who's right. Why don't we discuss and explore your tenant organizing? You start, yeah, we went down this track because you mentioned that. Do, do you think the, the reforms that we've covered already, you, you kind of mentioned it like it inspired the tenant organizing? Is it something that the tenant, that uh, tenant organizing required these types of reforms first? Or is it something that uh, you, Tenant United, started doing because of the change in leadership, i.e., you and uh, others.
2: Uh, that's a good question. I mean it's it's probably closer to the well it's both, you know. That what good cause eviction did was ensure some form of protection against a retaliatory eviction because mm. all a landlord has to do is say And that ends the tenant organizing. Right, right. right. That's so. the I mean you decapitate the leadership by evicting the you know the most vocal members. Um and and we've adapted our strategy around not having good cause, but good cause gave us a basis to tell the tenants it's not as scary as you think. Now it is as scary as you think. But, I mean, there's
1: also complexes that... But now they're thinking about it without maybe... If you if you don't have the fear for a little bit, but you get a taste of what it means to be empowered, right. what it could mean to be empowered. Yeah. But go on. Uh, no, I, <clears throat> that's a great...
2: Yeah, exactly. Good Good cause was empowering. It. It wasn't the defense, the legal defense... Um, Because you still need the lawyers. Right. It wasn't the bottleneck on the eviction. The tenant had to withhold rent or pay up to that 5% until the landlord took them to court so then the tenant could raise the good cause defense. To get around all of that, as any tenant would, they said, but I have good cause eviction. You can't increase my rent more than 5%. If the landlord did it, it would have to go through court, and then a decision would be made. But the tenant doesn't have a right of action to say – He increased my rent $300 for no reason. I want to take him to court. That's not how good cause worked. It wasn't Mm -hmm. an affirmative right of action. It was a defense that a tenant could raise in eviction proceedings for being behind on rent. Mm. But the social power of good cause eviction gave tenants the oomph that they needed to say, well, I have rights and you need to respect these.
1: Right. It's not just what's written in the law. If
2: anything, it
1: didn't mean. work in the court. I mean, the court didn't yeah. acknowledge good cause. Or many kind of reformist thinkings don't work in practice because it won't work in this arena, but it may work in the cultural arena. And I suppose that's where a lot of leftist efforts have gone the last 50 years.
2: Right. And I mean, for better or, rights, or worse. Right. I mean, but, yeah. so, uh, you know, racial discrimination in hiring practices, mm-hmm. it, it's socially enforced more than legally enforced. Legally, yeah. You can make the case, and many people have had to do it. But generally, it's not, it's not what's happening on paper. It's what's happening in the room with the people there saying,
1: I think I was discriminated against, or you're mm-hmm. not going to discriminate against me. Or I'm not sure, but right. here's someone I can call. Right, uh, Or, or I, there are people who do have solidarity with my situation and actually do have the time to help, I suppose. Yeah. Like, well, I don't have time. Why don't you, you know, continue with your tour? So you started with the, the view... You know, Bleaker. Bleaker. Then we go to Parkview, Mm -hmm.
2: where it's a HUD-subsidized high-rise in Pine Hills, Mm -hmm. that for up to 18, 19, 20 months, tenants didn't have hot water. Generally, what that means is they didn't have reliable hot water. Mm They turn it on, it wouldn't get warm, or if it did get warm, it didn't stay warm. Mm -hmm. So we had tenants washing their dishes in the bathtub, (sighs) heating water on the stove. This is specifically Mm -hmm. for elders and disabled tenants. Within two months of organizing, they had hot water. I mean that that was a huge win. On top of that, CRM management—they were the property owner or property manager. So
1: these issues can be fixed on the landlord side. It isn't yeah. a big, big uh, financial burden problem, is it? Yeah. Well, and that well, we're was- not seeing it on their side, but uh, that doesn't seem to didn't seem they didn't need a new loan to come in, or or the, or oh no, this isn't a good time. Well, and that was—they tried the. It's not a good. They. It was so funny. I have the two
2: articles on the wall in my office. Yes. One that says, "Landlord says parts have to come from Russia to fix the hot water issue." And then two days later, it said, "Land or you know, Steve yeah. Hughes did some reporting. And was like these pieces come from Texas. It's not Russia." And then they're like, "No, no, no. We didn't say Russia. I don't know where you God got that Steve from." God bless Steve
1: Hughes. He's great. Right, he's, okay. he's pretty good. He's our new. What, right. freeze Yeah. So TU does seem to, their Albany beat reporter usually is like a real journalist. Yeah. It it would be nice if we had five of them, but, you know, (laughs) uh, or or they gave enough space for such, Mm. like five such articles. But, you know, you got to cover all the other bland, you know, general news stuff that I find kind of boring now. Or at least even as a teenager, it's like I was reading it over and over. It's like this never changes. It's just the same blah like news about how nothing can ever happen or, or 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 rather the bylines is like let's quote these five important people who all say very can pr type language so you don't really learn anything and since it isn't our beat we can't show real reporting on it because enough no real reporting is being done or if it is it's for magazines which isn't us yeah so read the nation i guess or something <laughs> or, or matt taibbi's blog <laughs> uh go to Substack now. So why don't you continue? What other um organizing drives have have been done, accomplished, or what successes and or failures or setbacks? Uh, we had a really successful organizing drive at the
2: all good mobile home park in Colony, which was like our first expansion outside of Albany. Huh? Yeah, out of Albany, just down central. It's not far. Okay. Um but the tenants there the property was owned by this. New Brooklyn. A trailer park is off of... How
1: far? Not far. Just past the Asian grocery. Okay. Um, Strange. Yeah. Trailer home, so...
2: It's very cute. It's a really nice little neighborhood. I guess
1: you can't tell because maybe they're justied up. They look like regular suburban homes.
2: No. It's just off the path and then behind. It's kind of like sneaky where it's Uh, placed. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. But the landlord
1: mid-lease tried to increase rent. That's uh, like my mother's new apartment building. Oh, yeah? It's, it's behind the to Linda uh, Elementary. Nice, that's cute. Yeah, so these folks,
2: um, the landlord installed a bunch of water meters and then said, starting in three months, you're going to get this new fee, which is twenty five dollars for the the meters, the meters, and then a minimum. No, sorry, the meters a were... once or is it added to the? Price? No, 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 I'm mis- mistaken. Okay, the meters cost four ninety five a month, and then there is a minimum twenty five dollar charge for the water and sewage. So it's a minimum of twenty nine ninety-five or something like per month. Per month. Like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. But it was a more than ten percent increase on a lot of it was a, formerly an elder elderly specific mobile home park. Mm-hmm. All these people have fixed incomes. They're already paying, you know, three
1: Where's their circuit breaker for the t- increase? <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> put it in for taxes, right? And, and that was the so thing, the too. Property taxes are paid by the landlord. And, he, and the landlord was saying, well,
2: the property taxes went up. But then we called the town of Colony, and they're like, no, property taxes went down 2,000. They were about. always
1: proud when they lower property
2: taxes. Yeah, no. that's all they're they care love it. about. And and so, yeah. And he, no
1: services. It's, it's interesting that, let's see, someone moved into the Lent or some other suburban township, and they're like, we pay... Instead of my property taxes are basically like four grand or so, and I don't think I get anything for it. No public services. The trash is private. The water is private. You know, it's, everything's private. What are you paying for? I guess snow road clearing. It's just the roads, I think. Right. Yeah. Because uh, that's what suburbs are. It's just roads. Uh, nothing else. No sidewalks. No bike lanes. Whatever. Um, and most of it's county roads anyway. So like, what what local roads? I guess there is quite a lot of pavement, but there's a lot of pavement. Jesus got, to,
2: got to put something on the roads.
1: So. Uh, anyway, uh, we're not talking about that. This is an Albany show. <laughs> Why don't you continue with the uh, the trailer park? Was
2: yeah. So uh, the increase was illegal for four reasons that I can get into, but it's just legal yeah. minutia. But but the times are poor were able-
1: old people. Okay, these these aren't exactly like the
2: and and. I, that's a big part of it, right is like this where is, are they
1: supposed to live right right well, what also, kind of retirement are they supposed to have
2: and what kind of well oh, they know. should
1: have saved better they should have had another two million dollars in the bank
2: yeah, they should have bought a bigger house with more land like it, but I do think From what, who from, where right but also what's interesting is like these tenants have much better rights because there's the facade of ownership because they own the manufactured home right they don't own the land so they're they, renting they, the they land. rent the land yes. But they have. Way- and the water
1: hookups, which is what the. Right, right. Why they, they can't raise the land value or whatever, or the rents. So they, they tack on the $300 increase, and that's a 10%. And just kick it to the top. Yeah. Um,
2: but they have so many more protections that it was so easy to organize them compared to your like transient tenant complex because yeah. everybody there was stable. They all lived there long-term. Mm-hmm. They all said, we've never had this fee before. We don't plan on moving. They, no chance. And um, they came together like that. And within two months, the landlord had come up from Brooklyn for the first time and even paid people back who paid the charge. And then the rest of the people who didn't pay it, he like heard them out and whatever and was like, I'll give you another new lease and don't expect these fees to not start. And then the tenants were organized enough that they were like, no, you can't because this goes beyond the maximum 6% increase that's legal for the rent of a manufactured home. So like, they have a cap on what is acceptable for a rent increase. Your normal tenant doesn't. When we had good cause, they did. These
1: manufactured home tenants, they do have good cause in effect. Is that from state regs? So there's more protections, not just because it's elderly, but if you own something, not just if you're a renter? And. The majority of these folks are white. Although this complex, and pose the argument is this is an incentive for you to buy your own home. And <laughs> yeah. but then, over and over, I'll talk to people where they like renting. They're like, "Oh, I don't want to own a home. It's a lot, but it's a lot of problems. Yeah. More money, more problems. Yeah. Or I don't want to be responsible for all that and this and that. You know, oh, I have to learn how to fix things. I mean, there's a lot of worries and fear and a lot of other cultural bias or whatever. So it's kind of difficult to know. Like, well, there isn't just one. Silo, we need to, it's, it's about making the diversity of options fair, no matter what. And that means, to me, having a more centralized way of the stock. I don't have all the details in front of me, of course, but there's uh, the reverse case of this, where you have a, a trailer park where the owner wants to build storage or something. This is in Saratoga County. And they are just slowly, ev- if not evicting, but buying every, I think it was just buying, blockbusting, buying everybody out. And for those that didn't want to buy out, you know, they're making their lives hell. And uh, one, one such person is an IWW member, so that's, we're helping them out whenever possible.
2: There was a good decision in their case recently. Oh, you know of it then. Yeah. Go for it. No, no, Things I mean. related. Yeah, they're trying to turn it into a, a boat storage facility, and the attorney general's been on this case. Right, for, storage For boats. Uh, for boats. Yeah, Bose. a boat condo. Not for people. For but boats. For boats. Yeah. For the uh, second boat. Right. Yeah, this is, yeah, right. Uh, their fourth home. This is an extension of an already existing boat home. Rental. Right. Well. <laughs> he, he
1: owns both and he yeah. wants to expand it. Yeah.
2: Like a dome. But finally, the attorney general stepped in and said, you're not allowed to evict these people. Of course, there's one tenant that still lives there. The IWW member. There was an eviction recently for the other home that's still there. And there's a Times Union article today about, you know, Adriel Colon Cassiano, who's also working with the Parkview tenants, represented this tenant. um, And she wants to keep this property so that her mom can move into it. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. that's two people, you know, two structures left. The rest have been bought out or um, the landlord has illegally evicted them, allegedly.
1: What a what a what an interesting position for this guy to be in. You know, he's got all this other vacant land now. Maybe he should put uh, more homes on it himself or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do something productive, and just for context, um, International Workers of the World is IWW, uh, de- decentralized union. Uh, why, don't, why don't you talk about some of the more um, some of the other organizing drives? Yeah, um, so some of the south end. Or, um,
2: we have the Livingston the, School Apartments Tenant Association. How's that going? Pretty good. Uh, they're already an existing tenant association that mm-hmm. was stagnant. Um, But then a rent increase came through, and specifically Section 8 tenants received the biggest increase because – Section 8 was increased? Well, the cost was increased because the Albany Housing Authority has an allowable increase limit. So even though it's a low-income housing tax credit property, Mm -hmm. based on the area fair market rent, They'll accept a degree of a rent increase. And, and if it goes beyond what's acceptable but still within the limits – We have
1: to allow some kind of profit making.
2: Yeah, right. And so a lot of the Section tenants were like, hey, what the heck? What, what just happened? And so they started coming to the meetings. And also what happened was all the, the LIHTC, low-income housing tax credit for – it's a really kind of convoluted property –
1: text It's all kind of overly complicated, yeah. but it's on purpose, I mean, right? right.
2: But fine. but what it is is it's supposed to be your ideal your idea of what an affordable apartment is. And they all got an increase too that was not too significant. It always goes up a little bit. So everybody got a rent increase and they all started I coming to it the like, meeting.
1: I, I usually refer to such regs or credits or what have or programming as like the Rube Goldberg of addressing social problems. Can you explain? Well, you could uh, usually the Rube Goldberg machine uh, trope is like it's a bunch of steps and levers and balls rolling down tracks to uh, start a toaster or something so you could either you could either press down the toaster the toast being affordable housing or public housing or or something more direct like uh, eminent domain use or something but instead, you got to have all these balls rolling around and all these little steps and levers, and it looks very—it's really, sort of, you know, ooh, look at the movement, and, and it's fun. <laughs> but it's just so you don't have to just hit the toaster, right? Button. Yeah. Um. Uh, which which would entail more government or, or something uh, verboten to the current Overton window, but we're we're trying to hammer on, um, as this program attempts to do. Can uh, are there any other examples? Those are the four that have lasted. We've had two attempts
2: in other, well, one, another litec low-income housing tax credit property that was not a successful drive for a variety of reasons, which we could get in- into. And then the other was in the south end, right down the street on Trinity, did not come to fruition. My understanding is that a lot of tenants got cold feet. Um, wait, wait, so it's on Trinity.
1: Is it an apartment
2: building or a number
1: of apartments? Yeah, the old school
2: building. Okay. Uh, yeah. Separate one. Asaf al who was my landlord, Jerusalem Management Group, owns that property too. And they were in the news after a bunch of code violations in early 2022 or maybe 20 yeah 2022. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and um yeah, it just didn't go anywhere. We had two, three really interested tenants. One got evicted. The other went silent. And then a couple of the contacts that I had made... All started calling me back at the same time and saying, "Actually, I have no problems here." I don't know if they were incentivized to say that
1: or if they were. That's definitely a pattern yeah. that we can read into. Yeah, they yeah. got all the if you got all the calls at the same time. Also, really
2: funny. You should look. was it's usually
1: a trickle, you know, if it's if it's organic.
2: Oh, if things are actually yeah. You should look at his um his uh, Google reviews because he has a bunch of five star reviews. But if you like go through them, yeah, people they're all sock puppets. No, they're real people, but they yeah. say. What a nice party. Oh, I love the pizza party. Because uh, he had thrown like a Literal, happy hour. Literally?
1: Yeah. He buys yeah. them off a of pizza party? He,
2: he had a happy hour for all of his tenants. And then some of the tenants will say, Oh, what a jerk. He made me give him five stars so that I could have a free beer. It, it's very, it's funny, his, his Google history. Huh. And they've changed the name since, of course. It's and like now, affordable student rentals now or something.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe he's afraid of anti Semitism and, and he didn't <laughs> want to be called Jerusalem. Ah, uh, maybe rentals.
2: he he does have some kind of connection to Israel too. Proper, but my understanding is all of his money is from his dad. Um, yeah, you know, sure. graduated U Albany and immediately started buying properties. Mm. I wish I could
1: have done the same. We just got to get that fifty grand loan from our parents. Yeah, right? it's that easy. Um, and now you're a big property owner. No, but yeah, <laughs> okay, yes, sure. Someday, <laughs> it, but I, it will be with a very large group of people. That's yeah. a dream. So um, as far as uh, vision, my own visions aside, uh, what do you think is the f- – what does the future hold? What do you see in the next one, five, ten, and maybe perpetuity years, you know, one at a time? Yeah. I mean I'm in a position where I should be able to
2: answer that really clearly, but I can't I, – what, what I want next, the first next step sure. is – Goals. Is, I mean we're saying yeah, goals here. Rent control. I'm ready to bring
1: rent control to the city of Albany because mm-hmm. clearly tenants need it. Um, How many uh, units/slash buildings properties would you expect to be actually affected in oh. under rent control? But I guess that's what the vacancy study is for, right? Yeah,
2: so the vacancy study will determine that based on like our preliminary research, which is a lot of it is actually from the city of Albany and also just United Tenants and a bunch of their vacant buildings list or managed well, so buildings list. Those wouldn't count. They would count in the gross, but uh-huh. when it comes to the vacancy study, the way that – not has to. Right, right. habitable but vacant. Right. right, and habitable and on the market. And on the market. Which is a really – important like Meaning know, it's opening. listed,
1: but it's listed for too much, so obviously the market needs – was it regulation? Yeah, yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. Adjustment.
2: Well, and I, I, my, my – I do have a real concern about the artificial barriers to housing. Like um, you have to have three times the rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have a credit score that's above 650 that kind of stuff does create like a very real vacancy issue because you have a bunch of, this is
1: based on landlord. Well, average landlord practice, right?
2: Well, post COVID. So it's even more stringent, I would say, Uh especially since HSTPA, the housing stability and tenant protection act did make it illegal to discriminate or create like a tenant blacklist. Mm -hmm. So they've created all these new barriers that post COVID are, they're like very strict on, and it's preventing a lot of our tenants and from what, securing and, housing.
1: Uh, you do have a landlord report card. Is it you or the cities? Uh, th- You're trying a, to create a, a blacklist. Are you trying to create a landlord blacklist?
2: No, no, no. We want we wanted to create a renter's resource so that tenants knew who they were paying their rent to because it's also obfuscated yeah. through LLCs and also mm-hmm. um, you know where you know if they're if they're looking for a new place to live and they look up
1: Canyon Ryan and Canyon
2: Ryan has a D plus. Well, probably wouldn't want to live in that property.
1: Who would you say are the largest property owners, either in Albany who live in Albany or at least live in the region, or are the biggest owners and and uh, groups? Are they are they conglomerates that are just like beyond mm-hmm. low buying local, let's say, or mom and pop property owners?
2: I would I would honestly the ones that come to mind are like Patrick Patrick Chow uh, Albany mm-hmm. Management Group is a huge one. Asaf al was it, in, like 300 units he had? Or? Yeah, he, and Asaf al has probably about that. He has over 100 properties. He's an individual guy who lives in Manans through mm-hmm. uh, Jerusalem management. Um, Judd Feynman is like a notorious landlord. He's selling a bunch of his properties now. Roger Palouf is also notorious and just a guy who's selling a bunch of his properties. Jankow is buying a bunch of properties. What I'm finding more often than not. Are saying
1: they're selling them? Are they selling to a higher or larger entity?
2: Uh Ploof and Feynman are. Uh-huh. The other three are like buying up everything that they can. They're buying now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I'm I'm finding more often than not, it's the management groups that are like the huge entities that we're fighting and not necessarily the landlords. It's okay. it's like almost too complicated for us to figure out who the landlords are right. in most instances. Um, and so that is just comes management down groups
1: or corporations, right? right.
2: yeah. and so I couldn't even tell you which ones are bigger, which ones are small unless it's
1: an individual owner or a name that we recognize. The management groups don't have publicly available listings right right they don't they don't they're not required to do that at all
2: yeah, like I live under ngB management, but it's actually a home that's owned by some family trust, which I get i in my head that just means that they're dead. They're not. the landlord still exists and mm-hmm. reduced the rent because of. No snow removal this year, so that's cool. Um, but NGB owns, or, do, or rather doesn't own, but manages hundreds of properties across the city of Albany and beyond. Say that name again.
1: NGB Management. NGB. Okay. Does that stand for something? No good. You don't? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I looked at, um, there's all the listings online, like Zave, uh, with the listing um, sites. And a lot of them are listed under, like, this global ink thing. But it's really just the platform or it's a service that realtors are using. So it just looks like they're all listed by, like, the same entity. Kind of confusing. So, But it also means, like, I have no idea who's listing this. Is this, is this some bot from Bank of America? Like, who bought all this stuff in the West End and basically increased the price of it? And I'm talking about whole houses here by 50 to 70% just over four years. Because before COVID, unlisted and then relisted. For like 50 grand more. Yeah. With no improvement whatsoever. Cause it's still like, these are still run down apartment buildings. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the way that I see it is like, I don't really want to buy any of that to feed this. Or I guess if I do like try to approach any of these sellers, I say, no, I'm going to pay a hundred grand because that's what it was listed for back in 2019. And like, the- nothing was done in this neighborhood to increase, to like say, oh no, it's worth this much now. What? Cause, cause Manning and Central is up zone? Well, the Stewarts is closing, so I mean that's not that's that's a, where's my that's shop a negative. Right? Yeah, and Shoprite closed. Yeah, uh, obviously I can go with the co-op, but that's not the point.
2: Yeah, <sighs> I find the single-family homes are the ones that are being gobbled up more so than those like.
1: To rent single families, right? Not just the the two floors
2: with two units. Yeah, right. Exactly. Or just to just to flip them, like you're saying. It's buy interesting because it, because on, on
1: these sites, all of the uh, two units are listed like great rental property to add to your portfolio. Yeah. It's like it's all the ever like the buy line ever is. They don't want their customers. I mean, it's almost like maybe they discriminate and say, no, you actually want to buy this to live in it and share. I'm not selling to you. I want to sell to somebody I know, a friend, or someone who's in the business with me. That's why I, – I guess that's why maybe someone – some nonprofit people go into real estate like they go to the conferences so they can become one of those people. But then they also look – it's like they're Napoleon in Animal Farm. They look like the pigs now. Yeah. Even though they're saying, oh, no, this is to save it from gentrification. I'm not seeing that.
2: Well, that's the great thing about like a land trust. Like that's how you
1: can actually preserve. But no, I want these conversations to be public. I want it to be a publicly available – Something that everyone's considering, oh, property in Albany, and I'm a community-minded person, I should put in the land trust, even if I'm going to live here for 30, 40 more years, it should just be in the land trust, right? That doesn't affect um, And then someone. you don't pay taxes,
2: right? Like, Isn't that kind of a benefit as well? Like, The land is every owned.
1: Every homeowner in Albany who is progressive should be doing that. Yeah. Why aren't they? I don't know. <laughs> should the land trust be made doing some kind of door-to-door campaign then? Yeah, I, I guess I should talk to them. And obviously.
2: they do have a big portfolio. I, unfortunately, well, it always seemed
1: like it was stagnant to me. Like it wasn't growing. Like why? Why I think I it wasn't seeing... growing for a minute.
2: I, what What's happened is that they've become a landlord because a lot of tenants don't actually want to own. They just want something affordable to live in, and mm-hmm. so they're doing maintenance too. So it's much more than just the land. It's also the maintenance. So I do. I'm think, aware
1: of that. I did. I painted a kitchen for them at one. Point. That's cool. Uh, but then, oh man, private uh, shame. Uh, I dropped the check on my way home
2: because
1: ah. <laughs> he just wrote me the check and handed it to me. Yeah. And it was like the first time I'd ever handled one. So <laughs> can I be blamed? But That's classic. So uh, we're reaching the last few minutes, um, but what, what, what's the long, what is the goals? What long-term outlook beyond just uh, the reforms, uh, having more tenant, like what, what's, what's our 10 year transitory project? For housing justice and all, like, what would it? What, where do you want United Tenants to be in ten years? In ten years, I want United Tenants to be a membership-based
2: organization that's beholden to its base, which we're, you know,
1: not. Meaning, right now. any tenant is paying some dues. Not even. I mean, ideally, as a yes. broad-based tenants union, or do you mean like what? what do you
2: mean? I don't. I mean, I, I think that that's honestly for the tenants to decide. And, and my my ideal is just that tenants are in the driver's seat not a board of directors and myself but but mm. we're responsive to the community and it's a symbiotic relationship where the tenants are participating in the activities of united tenants and united mm. tenants is participating in By the activities them. right exactly and and taking directives from them specifically i would love to see something like united tenants and troy utt whatever mm. uh and i don't think that i myself would want to manage that i don't think mm. that we should but i think it would be a good idea to see some cross collaboration across the capital region, because we can't do things in Troy that Troy needs. And so we need Troy to do it. And a colony,
1: right. But not,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll branch out a little bit, but even that, I mean, the need in, in the city of Albany is so high. I want to see more limited equity, uh, co-ops. I, mm-hmm. I want to see a new Mitchell Lama or something that tenants are getting. Or who is owned- Mitchell llama?
1: I don't
2: know. Who is Mitchell llama? Is that a real question? It's like, Wait, the, what are you referring to? Oh, it, uh, the old co-op structure. Um, executive suites in albany that's the last mitchell llama building okay um it's just like this tax uh it's it's a co-op it's tenant ownership of a property um okay so everybody in the executive suites actually owns the unit um and they all pay into some fund for the maintenance fees um but it's, so it's like we a proper do have state co-ops in albany but one of
1: a certain type, L- limited equity. Company. The last one, yeah. Okay. Um, Wasn't there one on um uh duh, 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 just uh, in Center Square because I I was canvassing and they actually said oh yeah this and two other houses on J. Really? Uh, we're 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 basically joint like community owners. Interesting. I didn't. It's know a bunch that. of old folks now. I mean, they weren't young when they started. Oh 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 um. They're like the old. I mean, they're they're the near the park. The well, if not J, maybe it was um, Hudson. I mean, maybe no, it was one of the, the streets between, like Jefferson or what's the other one, the one next to it. Not the affordable Albany housing something. No, okay, because there is like a very small. Oh yeah, yeah, there's that. That was start. That was done in the eighties. Yeah, right? yeah. That was like the first. Let's do some affordable housing and building ourselves. Yeah, you know, but it's like that's a trickle. It's such a drop in the bucket. It's like six units. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, but why? But why did they stop in the eighties was six. Why don't they have 100 now? You now? United and Tenants was... Then a... they keep doing great. I, I know a lot was cut in the 80s, but like, it seems True. like they gave up in the 90s.
2: Yeah. I mean, UTA was part of that. I don't know to what extent, but I also imagine that
1: they went into affordable housing partnership or something. Mm-hmm. That's right. I transitioned into that stuff. Yeah. Um, they changed strategies. Uh, or community land trust, I mean. So... That's this week's program. Thank you for joining me, Kenya. Thank you. Uh, Please contact me to leave feedback, suggest topics, or join. And I'll give you time to plug. Uh, Suggest topics or join me on the program, though. I think the run of this program has got to be more limited now. Uh, So why don't you do your plug? (laughs) Sure. Um, I'll wrap up. Yeah.
2: United Tenants of Albany, website, utalbany.org, info at unitedtenantsalbany.org. Uh, And then my number is 518-436-8997, extension 104.
1: Do you have a means of becoming a member set up now? We're in the process. Okay. Last, I want to wish all well and encourage all listening to devote some time every week to a collective or community project as we discover what is actually left in Albany. Have a good time, folks.
0: If your rent has doubled There are different ways to cope with the situation And make it through your days There are therapeutic methods Such as playing darts with a picture of your landlord's private body parts You can get a roommate or two or three or four Build a loft and squeeze more beds onto every floor You can scratch up each Mercedes that you find on your street Say piss off yuppie scum to each yuppie scum you meet But do not kill your landlord It will not end well You'll be living rent free inside a prison self You can pay a visit very early in the morn To where your landlord lives, but don't forget the bullhorn You can form a samba band march up and down his road You can play with firecrackers as you watch them explode You can sing a song about 1848 When renters burn the mansions down and over through the state You can talk about your landlord, how much you'd like to see him dead? Just make sure it remains only something that you said Yes, do not kill your landlord, it will not end well You'll be living rent-free inside a prison cell And say hi to your neighbors. Organize a meeting, form a tenants' union so it won't be something fleeting. Have some demonstrations, make plans for a rent strike, create a list of demands, perhaps something like, no more rent increases, fix the things that break, get rid of all that mold in the walls, for goodness sake. No more no-cause evictions, no more acting like an ass, no more acting like a member of a feudal ruling class, yes, do not kill your landlord, it will not end well, you'll be living rent-free inside a prison cell. Thank you.